Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Gong, the podcast about sales at startups. But this season is all about sales at my startup, Riveter, HR for the unemployed. This is another special episode where I actually interview somebody outside the organization. Holly F.C. Najalvo is a writer, an editor, and has been working in media for 25 years. Uh, she most recently was working at Quartz, but she also has written for our, uh, journals like the New York Times. And that's where she wrote the last piece that really caught my attention called How to Manage the Emotional Impact of Getting Laid Off. And what I loved about this piece, uh, that was at the New York Times, so you can just probably Google Holly Epstein Ojalvo, O-J-A-L-V-O, and you'll find it. What I loved about it is that it focuses on all the things outside of getting a job. Unemployment lasts, for many people, four months plus. And over four months, there's more to it than simply getting your next job. There's living your entire life, there's handling your emotional and mental state, there's connecting with other people. And Holly and I talk a lot about that and talk a lot about what it's like for her to go through here. And the reason I wanted to do this interview and the reason I, I am excited to share with you all is because I used it personally uh, for a couple of reasons. The first is just another user interview. You know, the most important thing that you can do is talk to as many users of your product or potential users of your product as possible. And Holly, who's, uh, for better or for worse, been laid off twice, she understands the experience and she shares a lot of that really openly. But the second is that when building a brand, a company, uh, an identity, getting as many people on your, first it's a canoe, eventually it's a ship, uh, and eventually, hopefully, an entire Boeing 747, uh, but getting as many people to kind of row with you as possible is really important. And seeing that Holly was already spreading this message um, of how to handle a layoff was really empowering. And I was, uh, I was really grateful to her for writing the piece, grateful for, her for coming on. And I hope you guys all enjoy. Treat it as an opportunity to, to dive deep into somebody's emotional and mental state dealing with a layoff. And also uh, give me some feedback and think of or use it for yourself about how to conduct a user interview. Uh, you can find Holly at H-E-O-J. She's probably the only Holly Epstein Ojalvo, O-J-A-L-V-O, in the world. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you guys, and uh, I hope you enjoy my interview with Holly Epstein Ojalvo. Holly, welcome to The Gong. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to have a blast. You, The way we got connected is you wrote a post recently for The New York Times, um, talking about how to manage the emotional impact of getting laid off. And of course, at Riveter, we're trying to do something very, very similar um, to people. So I'd love to start off by getting a little bit of context about you and your work uh, and maybe take us way back to the first time you got laid off and, and what that was like for you. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've been there myself, which is why I wanted to write about it. Um, I think there's a lot of shame associated with a layoff. And um, it can really be very powerful and difficult emotionally. So um, I wanted to write something that would help people manage that part because it is, is really difficult. And obviously, there are millions of people going through this right now. Um, and in the article, I talked about how you know, my first layoff was a few years ago. And um, at a time when maybe, maybe there was a little bit more stigma attached to it. Hopefully now that millions of people are getting laid off during the pandemic, um, I hope that will lessen the stigma and it will be much easier to tell your story, so to speak, when you start talking to potential employers. It'll become much clearer to, to employers that 
um, you're probably not at fault. So hopefully that will help a lot. But yeah, I was laid off for the first time a few years ago during a big company restructure and hundreds of people were laid off. Initially, I was told that my project was getting cut, but that I was being kept on. And then a week or 10 days later, I was told, actually, sorry, that's not the case. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to let you go too. So that, that was a little surprising and it was difficult for sure. Yeah, you've been in the sort of writing world for, for quite a while. Um, is, what's the community like for people in your world, maybe going back to that, that layoff number one there? What was the community like? What was the support systems like? What were the conversations like of you and your colleagues after that, that first layoff of you? And what time period was that? What, what year? That was 2017. Mm. All right. So fairly relatively recent. I'm sorry for these back to back bad luck. Uh, but but what, what was it like? So what, what's it like when a bunch of when hundreds of, of writers, editors, people in that industry uh, get let go all together? Yeah, well, we were just talking about the stigma. I think in digital media, there tends to be less stigma about it because the industry has been so volatile and it's had such a hard time the last few years, particularly um, with the business and revenue models. So many, many people in digital media have been let go. As you say, um, everyone from writers to editors, you know, video producers, even on the business side of, of the house. So um, it is a very supportive community, I would say, overall. You know, one of the things that's helpful in digital media is that you get bylines if you are writing. Um, I've, always, I've always been more of a, an editor than a writer, but still, um, you know, you, you can get a reputation and um, also many people in the digital media community are on Twitter. So a lot of people have an opportunity to get to know each other and to become aware of each, to become aware of each other. So that helps a lot. It really does create more of a community and, and a support network. And I, I can't recommend that enough. No, no matter what industry people are in, no matter what their life situation is, finding some kind of like-minded community is very helpful. Yeah. What, um, if you were to think back to the first time in 2017, how did you spend your time? How, how long was kind of your gap between work and how did you spend your time? What was your mindset like then? And then, you know, this time around, or this, this very different context when it's, you're not one of a couple of hundred, you're one of, of tens of millions. Uh, what, what changed? What did you learn in that first time that you brought into the second time? Yeah, I'm definitely a person who likes to stay busy and... Um, I definitely stayed busy that first time and it was, it was a few months for me until I, um, ended up, um, with a position. So, you know, I did a full range of things. I did some consulting work, but also did a lot of, um, things personally. I spent a lot of time with friends and family. I visited people I hadn't had time to visit. Uh, I did some family travel. I did a lot of activity, like things like daily exercise, meditation, spending time outdoors. A lot of the things that you see in articles that... Hmm. Um, are suggested as tips to help. By the way, those things work. It's helpful. Uh, you know, it 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 um, you know makes you feel productive. It enables you to spend time in ways that feel meaningful. Um, you know, I've never been the kind of person that'll just lay on the couch and watch TV. So, you know, I definitely stayed busy. I also happened to be at that point, um, yeah, just about to move back from the West Coast. I'd been living in LA, and we were moving back to Brooklyn. So, you know that kept obviously kept me pretty busy just moving cross country is a lot so um 
yeah, just a combination of all those things um, was really helpful in, in keeping me focused. What was the balance for you? I mean, you mentioned a few things that there was, there was keeping busy and continuing to write, continuing to network, continuing to, or also then just going outside, meditating, things like that. What's well, kind of the balance that works for you between being, you know, quote, productive and, and things like that versus self-care? You know, there's a lot of, if you're reading a lot of these articles, it's treat unemployment like a full-time job, you know, get up at, make sure you're at the desk at 9 a.m., apply to jobs for eight hours a day, and then and sign off at five and make sure you're off. And, and that's madness because nobody's doing that. Nobody's just sitting around sending their resume out for, for eight hours a day. And if you try to reach that, you're going to go absolutely bonkers and it's going to be super unhealthy. What for you has been a, a good routine of maybe a balance between looking at that next thing and figuring out what work is going to look like for you as soon as possible and self-care, taking care of the basics, enjoying a little bit of the, the, the unemployment part of that. So I actually don't separate self-care from productivity. That to me is just one way of being productive. I'm, I'm accomplishing something with that. I'm, you know, raising my endorphins and I'm getting more fit and I'm, you know, I'm doing other things. So um, I don't separate self-care and productivity. I think there are different ways to be productive. There's, there's the searching piece that, that you're mentioning that you definitely should not do all day. Any articles about that just, throw them out. You should not just apply, apply, apply all day, every day. That is not going to get anyone anywhere. I don't think they're going to be pretty rare for that to be a successful strategy. So I think, you know, just as, as your work day is varied, you know, sometimes you're in a meeting with other people and sometimes your head is down working on a project and, you know, sometimes you're ideating and sometimes you're going to lunch, you know, all of that, that's a normal work day for people. So you should think about unemployment the same way. You know, you're going to fit in your exercise, your meditation. You're going to have a conversation with someone for networking purposes. You're going to do a little bit of searching. You're going to maybe apply for a job or two um, and tailor your job um, applications too. And we can talk about that if you like, but just sending out generic application after application is usually not just not productive and not helpful, but counterproductive, I think. Yeah. Well, that feels, uh, because it feels productive. It's like today I applied to 30 places but not for a single one of them did you stand out on a, on a pile of resumes. Um, so. It's extremely hard, if not impossible, to stand out. And I say this having been a hiring manager for many years. So I, I've been on the other side. I've reviewed thousands of resumes. Um, and I can tell you that I know when someone's applying with a stock generic cover letter and they just changed you know, the name at the top. Um, they changed the name of the publication. And by the way, I've gotten letters where people forgot to change the name of the publication and they, they sent me something saying, I would love to work at, and it was another, another place. So yeah, if you do that thing that you're saying, you apply to 30 places a day, you're going to make mistakes like that. You're going to uh, fail to tailor your experience to what the needs are of that particular job. And at the end of the week, you're going to say to yourself, you know, I've applied for a hundred jobs and I haven't heard back from anywhere, but you're not putting yourself into a position to, as you say, you know, rise to the top and make yourself someone that they really think they should call back. So yeah, to, so actually I'm mixing up, you know, the, the day's activities, the week's activities, doing things other than just apply, apply, apply. You're definitely using your network, uh, doing other things I talked about in my article, like burnishing your personal brand, um, making sure that all of your social media um, and anything, any other properties that are attached to you are polished. You know, that happens a lot too. Like I, I've looked at people's, um, you know, all their, their social media profiles when they apply. And 
you know, they, they might include, for example, their website on their application. I go to their website and it's outdated and there's nothing new from four years ago. You know, if you're applying for jobs, spend some of your time updating everything that is in your power that's attached to you because it, it all does reflect on you. And that's really good ways to use your time. It's not just scrolling job boards and, and sending out applications. Yeah. What is the, I'm curious what you sound structured and thoughtful about this whole thing. What does a, a day look like for you? If it's, if it's any given day and you're breaking up between a few different categories, what, what does a day look like for you? When do you start? What do you do that's job focused? What do you do that's kind of self-care focused? What do you do that's, that's otherwise, what, what, what's a typical holiday like? <laughs> um, I would say I don't have like a, a very strong structure. Some people want the same structure every day and that's how they thrive. Um, and I don't thrive that way necessarily. So I think, you know, the key is to really know yourself. You know, I really want um, flexibility. And I also want to build in some flexibility. You know, I've had some impromptu conversations that if I had been really highly structured, I wouldn't have been able to have those conversations. Um, so I like to build a structure for myself and a schedule for myself that, um, that enables me to be productive in these ways, like I was saying. So every day I do some kind of physical activity. Um, I make sure I, I usually do that in the morning. Um, or most of the time I do that in the morning. But if I can't for some reason, if I have a call or I have something else, then I will shift it, you know, later in the day. So, yeah, there are basically like components that I make sure are fitting into each day. And then I leave a little bit, bit of breathing room for serendipity, which is important too. Yeah, the, I like the breathing room one. There's... Um... One of my favorite essayists is Bertrand Russell, who's like a 20th mm -hmm. century philosophy, philosopher. And he's got this great piece called In Praise of Idleness. And the very premise of that piece is uh, idleness and luxury is what breeds a lot of both like broad, innovative thinking and the sciences and things like that. But also that's kind of the whole point of like human evolution is how can we get to a place in which we're allowed to be idle for a little bit and spend some time with ourselves. And I think I like that you leave room for a little bit of whether it's serendipity or, or idleness or thoughtfulness or, or mm -hmm. whatever else it is. I think that's an important part of unemployment, which is to say for the first time in a long time, you get 40 hours a week to yourself. Normally you get whatever's left, but now you have 40 hours a week to yourself and how you spend that time, where your mind goes, what your practices are um, really is going to, it, a is, is a sort of gift in some ways, a really shitty uh, one in others. Um, and B, <laughs> it can lead to a lot of positive ideas, positive energy, contributions, things like that for you, your family, your future and past colleagues and coworkers and things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think there's a lot been written about the um, importance of boredom just for the mind, let the mind go. I think, you know, when you're really, when you're working really hard, you don't have any room or space for for idleness, for boredom, you know, for anything like that. You're always feeling every, every moment to be like more and more productive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and now obviously um, many, many people who are laid off also are in the position of doing childcare. Um, so they might not have all the time to themselves and they might be really grappling with other, with other issues. So, you know, the pandemic is really hitting people really hard, but yeah, I think many people, you know, and if you're talking about this gift, like kind of a bad gift, but maybe a gift, uh, nonetheless, or a silver lining of it is that many people I've talked to are really reflecting a lot on their career path, what they have loved about their career so far and what they want to do in the future. You know, and uh, one of the experts I talked to for my article, you know, talked about aligning, 
yourself, your own values with the values that you want to see in your work, whether it's the industry, uh, you know, the company, the coworkers you want to work with. So being able to reflect on that and really think, okay, um, you know, if I had my druthers, um, you know, what, what do I really want next for my career? So a lot of people are doing a lot of good thinking, journaling, talking to other people, you know, talking to friends, talking to professional contacts and that sort of thing. Another thing that I've been doing a lot of and that I think is really helpful, and we talked about this in the article too, is continuing to be helpful and continuing to use your own skills. You know, um, you know as I just mentioned, you know, I was a hiring manager in my, in my last job that, that I just left in May. Um, I was the, the leader for newsroom hiring at the news organization where I was working. And so, yeah, I mean, I worked on hiring from everything from um, intern level to editor-in-chief level. So what, immediately I reached out to my colleagues who had been laid off and said, you want help on your resume, your cover letters? You want interview coaching? Hit me up. Like, I am here. I'm available. I know this stuff. And I want to help you succeed and get your next job. And many people have taken me up on it, um, which is great. I've also made myself available to some to the journalism community in general, especially the rising journalists who are suddenly facing, um, you know, the pandemic conditions in the beginning of their careers. So I've really made myself available to people. I've done calls with people to coach them. I've done resume reviews and it's helpful to them. But by the way, it's helpful to me too. It keeps me um, doing something that I, I, I'm good at, that I have to offer, reminds me of the value that I have to offer and it's helpful. So it's sort of everybody wins. Yeah, there's um, one of the uh, folks you talked to is Melody Wilding, uh, who's a social worker and workplace coach. And she had this line that you quoted in your article, uh, which is, acting is the best antidote to self-doubt. It shifts your mental state. Um, it, when, so when you say, you know, stay be, continue to be useful, get involved with things. Some people volunteer. Some people start writing and journaling. Some people call up every single one of their old friends they ever had and make sure that they have a 30 minute uh, coffee chat with somebody every single day, but some sort of action oriented um, event or moment every single day, I think is super important for your mental state, especially if you're the kind of person like you, Holly, who is, um, I don't know, uh, like you said, likes to stay busy. We'll say go getter, kind of just about that, that professional work life. What does that mean to you when, when, you know, and I love that line when, um, Mel D. Wilding said, acting is the best antidote to self-doubt. Kind of, how do you embrace that yourself? And what are some other ways that you've seen either past colleagues or folks you've seen around uh, embrace that kind of line? Yeah, I love that line too, which is why I put it pretty high up in the story because I think it's really important. You know, Melody is really an expert um, in, you know, sensitive um, personality types, which she calls sensitive strivers. And she has a lot about this on her on her website and in all of her writing. So I would encourage your listeners to check out Melody Wilding. She's, a, she's quite an expert. And you know, when she talks about self-doubt, one of the things we talked about in the article that I spoke to her about a lot is imposter syndrome. And whether or not you, know, you suffer from imposter syndrome, when you get laid off, it often does incur um, you know, or, or, or suggest a lot of self-doubt. Suddenly you think, well, wait a second. I thought I was on this career path. I was on this trajectory. I thought I was successful. I thought I was good at this, all those kind of thoughts. And then you suddenly start to doubt that. Maybe I wasn't doing a good job. Maybe not as good as I was led to believe or I was hoping, hoping I was, um, that I was. Um, or if you do have imposter syndrome, you think, okay, um, 
I was right all along. I was just found out as the fraud. I always knew I was. And they just, they finally figured it out. You know, all these kind of thoughts. So self-doubt is a really serious hazard of, of a layoff, um, especially for high achievers, you know, for, for people who, um, yeah, who are, you know, intense about their careers. So that's, that's really hard. So I think it is especially important, as Melody says, to act, to, to whatever action you can take that does remind you of your value and keeps you feeling productive, needed, helpful, you know, however you want to think about it, um, is really, really helpful. I mean, I definitely have had, you know, dark moments too. I think everybody, pretty much everybody who gets laid off, it's hard to avoid. And then, you know, then I have a call the next day with someone who gives me good feedback or I have a call with someone um, that I'm able to help and they are so grateful or, yeah, or I go out for a run and all of a sudden I feel a million times better. You know, there are lots of different ways to act. Like I was saying before, I don't really differentiate work-related tasks from um, self-care kind of tasks because I do think that there, there are many ways to act that really do remind you of your value, that get you out of your head um, and get you back into the, the spaces that you want to be, whether it's, you know, in your body, if you're moving through space, whether it's, you know, with colleagues or with potential contacts, you know, whatever it is to get you into a better space. That, that is really important. I think Melody's advice is, is really on there. And you're right. I've seen many colleagues do it in many different ways. As you said, some people are volunteering. You know, some people are taking on, you know, um, uh, consulting and freelance work. And even writing this article was a piece of freelance work for me and very validating. I've gotten a lot of a huge response um, from that, um, you know, or, or um, you know, just like I was saying before, just, you know, reminding yourself of your value by like creating a personal website. That's something I haven't done yet. Maybe I should. Um, some people have suggested to me that, that I should have a personal website. Um, certainly, you know, continuing to use the other social media accounts that I use and everyone is different on social media. But, you know, anything like that that keeps you connected uh, can be really helpful. Dig a little bit deeper into that for me, Holly. You mentioned a few things there around, like, there's some mental moments that are incredibly difficult, some days where you're incredibly down, some uh, conversations that get you incredibly up, some accomplishments like this article that have gotten you incredibly up. Can you tell me something specific that in the last few months you felt down on it's like like show me we can cry together if you want to cry together but let's <laughs> take me into the depths holly like what what does that feeling feel like for you um but then give me the other side of it like what's something you're incredibly proud of having done or accomplished over the last few months uh yeah no that's a really good question and um yeah it's pretty tough i mean when i when i think about you know, having been laid off, I do go through when I talk about this in the article, sometimes you think like, oh, what terrible luck, you know, um, you know, my company wasn't able to keep everybody on or whatever it is. Or maybe you think like, oh man, that's just part of being in this industry. Like I was saying before about digital media, digital media has a history of this, especially in the last few years. So yeah, this is just, uh, you know, as they put it in the article, an occupational hazard, like oh, digital media, yes, yeah, it's going to happen. It might happen again. Um, or, you know, you might just think like, oh, it's just the economy, you know, the pandemic has just ravaged the economy. Or you might think like, oh, yeah, this is really about me. Maybe I, you know, I was saying before, maybe I really am not so great. And, um, or maybe I'm not in the right, in the right industry. I have had all of these thoughts at different times. You know, some people talk about bad days and good days. Um, for me, it's a little more micro than that. I definitely have like bad hours and good hours. <laughs> it's just the way I am, I guess. Um, 
And I think, you know, yeah, at low moments, I think like maybe, you know, and I, I definitely, I do, I'll come out here on your show as someone who does suffer from imposter syndrome. Um, I've talked to colleagues about this before who have confided in me that they're suffering from imposter syndrome. Usually I will validate um, by admitting that I, I do too. So, you know, I have definitely thought like, oh, maybe I'm really not so good at this, or maybe I should leave this industry because I'm an industry switcher anyway in my, in my career. Um, I've, I've worked in different industries. So sometimes I think maybe I should go back to an industry I've been in before, or maybe I should do something different with my life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely do a lot of self-questioning. I've just, I'm just built that way anyway. You know, you talked about Bertrand Russell. I used to teach philosophy. I'm a very introspective, thoughtful person. So I, I read all the things and I think all the thoughts and I'm certainly not immune to, to really feeling down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I would just go back to Melody's advice to take action and that really does help me. You know, several colleagues have said to me, you know, I'm so grateful for your help. I can't believe you took the time to give me feedback on my resume or my cover letter or coach me at a time when you're going through, through this yourself. And, you know, I'm really honest with them, you know, and say, you know, I'm, I'm not a saint. This helps me too. <laughs> Like, I'm so glad to be able to be helpful to you. If, if the choice is between like watching TV and helping you, I, I of course, I'd rather help you. Well, it depends what's on. Not that we can watch anything. Um, <laughs> but really, I mean, I, you know, and, I, and by the way, I'm giving myself time to do that too. I'm rewatching, you know, a whole show that I watched years ago, you know, from the beginning. And I'm enjoying that. I'm like, I'm being very deliberate about that. And that's like a little bit of, you know, Slack a little bit of joy that I'm giving myself, but yeah, you yeah. know, when we have when somebody joins, when somebody first joins Riveter, we send them their welcome email and we say, "Hey, first things first, like make sure you've applied for employment, like get that out of the way because you got to do that first. Yes. After that, here's a list of top hundred movies on Netflix right now. <laughs> Go watch one. Like, real, like everything's gonna be okay. Take the day off. Go watch something good, and and then we'll come back to you tomorrow with some more advice. And I That's think good advice. For a lot of people, um, for a lot of people, there's a nerve, there's a nervousness around taking a break. It feels like, well, I'm clearly just a failure if I grab a glass of wine and go watch a movie. But it's the exact opposite. It's like, hey, this is not going to be three days long. Um, statistically, this is going to be months long. You know, thirty percent of people are unemployed after a layoff for over fifteen weeks. Um, many, many people, even super talented people spend over two months in unemployment. So take this as, as more of a marathon. Don't like just get, get some stuff done and then have yourself a nice afternoon. Go, go get yourself some ice cream and then we'll like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll, You got it again tomorrow and thinking about it. And, and it's, I think it's one of the challenges is a difficult thing to admit that, Oh, well I, I'm, I'm good enough. I'll get a job next week. Like I trust me. Like I got, but, and then when that doesn't happen, there's frustration around it. But being able to say, you know what, like, let me treat this as a six to 12 week process or onboarding journey. You know, you, if you start your first day of a new job and you don't knock your quote out of the park, that's okay. Cause you've got four to eight weeks to figure it out. Same thing here. Like treat this as a, as a period of time in your life where you're going to be able to get a little bit of all of these things done. Some of, some of the job stuff, some of the annoying government stuff, some of the self-care stuff, some of the hang out with friends in the middle of the day stuff. Uh, and you'll have some of the, your kids keep asking you why you're home stuff. You'll have it all. Uh, <laughs> but being able to plan for that is, is really important. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think you really need to give yourself a break. 
Uh, and also like we were saying before about building an idleness, building an activity and building in joy. If you, if, if watching an old show is going to give you some joy and that's going to lift your mood, you should let yourself do that. If, you know, going for a run or going on a hike is going to do that, you should do that. Having the glass of wine or the bowl of ice cream, you should do that. You know, and you, I think you, the key thing is, and we talked about this in the article too, is reframing, right? You can frame it as like, I'm sitting with my bowl of ice cream watching TV, I'm a loser. Or you can frame it like, I'm giving myself a break because I've been working my tail off for best day ever. <laughs> years. Yeah, best day ever. Like my friends are, you know, stuck you know, on their, on Zoom all day and I'm getting to go outside, you know, like I think how you frame it is powerful and uh, that reframing can, can really work. Yeah. Uh, well, Holly, thank you so, so much for talking about your experience. I really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot and I'm going to go get some ice cream and uh, watch a movie now. Um, <laughs> where can people uh, find you, your work, this article and, and the rest of the stuff that you're working on? Oh yeah. Thanks for asking. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This was really fun. Yeah. My article, as you mentioned, um, it's called How to Manage the Emotional Impact of Getting Laid Off. And it was in the Smarter Living section of the New York Times, um, published on June 21st. So it's pretty easy to find there. Um, on Twitter, I'm at H-E-O-J. I'm fairly active on Twitter and I have my DMs open. So if anyone wanted to reach out to me to chat, um, they could find me there or on LinkedIn as well. It's pretty easy to find me because I'm the only Holly Epstein Jalvo on the planet. So it would be hard not to find me, but yeah, I'm very open. People who reach out, um, people who want to talk. And in fact, some people have already, and I've had conversations with people around this topic. So I'm, I'm ha if I can help people, I'm happy to. Awesome, Holly. Well, we'll keep looking out for, uh, for more posts. And thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Adriel. I'm the CEO and founder of Riveter. You can find me at alubarski2 all over the internet. Uh, you can find Riveter at Riveter Works, all over the internet, LinkedIn, Twitter, our website, riveterworks.com. And if you've got any ideas, advice, thoughts, uh, if you just wanna reach out and say hello, uh, you can find me, Adriel, at riveterworks.com. Good luck and uh, happy selling.